What's up, Bulls Nation? You found yourselves locked on Bulls. I'm Matt. That's Big Dave. Up ahead on today's program, we're kicking out the week and sending y'all into the weekend with what else? Voicemails from the inbox. Gotta love it. Lots of different fun voicemails and topics to get to. That's all next on a fresh Locked on Bulls. Let's go. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. What's up and welcome to Locked Up Bulls, part of the Locked Up Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Joining me as always, my good friend, Big Dave Watson. Follow him on Twitter at BOW, B-A-W-L Sports. Bow. You can follow us at Locked On Bulls. Also, that text to voicemail line where we're about to go, 331-979-1369. Big Dave, happy Friday. Are you ready for the weekend? We got Bulls Warriors, Bulls Celtics. <laughs> Let's go. A lot of wonderful things happening. A lot of great Bulls basketball coming forth. And we're going to be getting more of teams' best shots. So hopefully we got some of our best shots available for them this weekend, too. I love it. Without further ado, let's dive right into that voicemail line. Uh, our first one kicking us off is Marvin in Dallas, who called to check in after the Bulls win over the Magic last week. Let's take a listen. What's going on, Matt? Big day. It's Marvin, man, down in Dallas, man. I think I left you guys a couple of messages. I was just calling in to let you guys know that was a pretty good game tonight. We, even though we, it really wasn't a game that we probably can call home about, but we got the win. We was tired. Also, want all the fans to know, man, you know, we was real tired. We got a nice little rest coming up, but starting Friday, 11 games with three back-to-backs with a, quite a bit of pretty tough competition so i just wanted to let y'all know that maybe y'all could spit that out on the show man let these guys know because a lot of people is down on the bulls and they're paying down to the competition well huh, ain't that one of us played no seven or eight games in no nine days and i'm guarantee you i couldn't play one and a half in 10 days <laughs> but i want to give a shout out to your show man i think you guys are doing a great job man hey i'm gonna be calling in checking with you guys sending you texas great job guys later all right, Marvin. Thanks for the call. Thanks for kicking us off on this episode. Uh, you, are you are you a Mavs slash Bulls fan? If you're down in Dallas, we got to hook you up with our pal John Sabine. And if you Straight are up. only a Bulls fan and not a Mavs fan, the respect to you. Um, so you know, I, I think Marvin brings up a good point, Big Dave, in that mm-hmm. this is a woof, in the thick of it, in the weeds stretch of this Bulls schedule, as he said. You know, that stretch of 11 games following that game against Orlando, the Bulls are two and two thus far in that stretch that started this past Friday against the Wizards. They got Mm -hmm. wins over Washington and Detroit. They've lost to Dallas and Brooklyn. But you Mm -hmm. look ahead, Warriors Celtics back to back this weekend. Then you got the Grizzlies on the MLK Day Monday matinee tip off. Then you got the Cavs, who are playing just about as well as anybody right now. They just got a big win the other night. Again, who, who, what, what Western Conference team did they just beat? Uh, Utah, right? Utah, Utah, yeah. yep. Slammed Utah. The Cavs are playing great. Then after the Cavs, you got the Bucks. I mean, this is a brutal stretch for the Bulls. And uh, you know, if, if they can get through it with even a 500 record, is, is that a win? I mean, got to keep things in perspective, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. You got to keep them in perspective. Uh, first of all, let me say shout out to Marvin because 
He sounds like uh brothers I used to kick it with that my dad used to kick it with back in the day. And I appreciate that. Matt, when he said not now one of you, like you got <laughs> like warm my heart right there. When he said nah, <laughs> when he said nah one of you, I was like, hey man, you warm my heart right there. So shout out to you, Marvin, man. You're a good brother. I know that already. Um, but yeah, man, like what I like about this, Matt, while you were saying the stretch of these games is previously I would dread these games. Mm-hmm. I would look not look forward to seeing these games. I can't wait to watch this because we need to know where this team stands. We want to see them match up with the best. You are the best team in the East. That's what your record says. And, then you know, everybody always says you are record, what your record says you are. Well, what your record says is you're the best team in the Eastern Conference. So I want to see you play against these teams that are vying for what you have right now. Bulls haven't been in this position in a very long time, Matt, when teams are trying to come for them. We saw the joy and excitement that was on the faces of the Nets when they beat the Bulls like they did, why Kevin Durant was so excited, why Steve Nash and James Harden and those boys were so excited. But now we're going to be getting the best shot from Steph Curry, from Giannis, from John Morant, who, you know, I love me some John Morant. I can't wait to watch my main man, John Morant, when they play the Chicago Bulls. I hope they don't win. Can't leave out Lowry and the Cavs, right? (laughs) My ex. My ex, it's, my it still ex might be a little awkward. My sex. <laughs> my exes do not live in Texas. <laughs> or at least in the NBA, they don't. But man, dude, I am just really excited to match up with real straight up basketball teams and go in without this fear. Like, oh man, we're going to get crushed. No, I'm going in like, yeah, let's go. Let's go against these guys and see what we got. I can't wait to see this. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it is a gauntlet stretch we we got through that gauntlet stretch that west coast trip you know i they went three and two on that five game west coast trip while they were without vooch this now is probably the next very challenging stretch of games and as marvin mentioned also you know just chock full of back-to-back some of that of course because of these makeup games that the bulls have from their december postponements due to covid protocols uh but i mean this is this this will be a good test for the bulls and uh, you know, after you, you you get the Warriors, Celtics, Grizzlies in that stretch through this coming weekend and on Monday, and then you got the Cavs, the, the one I'm really looking forward to, and it's weird, like like you said, not dreading it, but looking forward to it, Bulls-Bucks. How mm. is it that we have yet to play our Central Division opponent yet, and we are in the middle of January? This is the yeah. first Bulls-Bucks game that we've got on deck a week from today. Man, mm. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, that's going to be a huge game, Matt, because this is what it is. We've we've played all these games. We've beaten all the bums, you know, which is what you're supposed to do. Uh, we play, we've beaten some really good teams also, but now teams are looking at us. So now the Bucks are watching us, you know, and we're going to get their best shot because they're finally getting their thing together. You know, we knew it was just a matter of time, right, before the Bucks got their thing together. They're destroying uh, Go to State right now as we speak. Um, but yeah, we knew they were going to get that thing together. Giannis is going to do what he does. You know, Chris Middleton and you know, uh, Drew Holiday is going to get it together. But now, Matt, coming in to play the Bulls, I can't wait to watch this. And then knowing that there will be multiple more games between these two teams. And now it's going to really, truly mean something because teams are vying for position now. You know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. really going to mean something when we go up against the Milwaukee Bucks. You're right. That's a great game to be excited about. It'll be interesting to see what Billy Donovan does to try oh my, uh, yes. as he might to slow down Giannis. That was Oof. maybe the funniest tweet I saw after the Bulls Nets debacle Wednesday night was Ryan Rosillo, who, you know, 
take him or leave him. Personally, I don't like him. I think he's annoying. Okay. I think he's a blowhard. Uh, okay. And I don't necessarily agree with most of his t- basketball takes. But he had a tweet that was like, you know what? I'm really concerned about Chicago guarding KD or Giannis in a playoff series. And I was like, as if that's a Bulls-centric concern. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, the Bulls specifically, I'm worried about them guarding the two most unguardable players in the NBA. <laughs> Come on now. But I am curious to see what the Bulls do. I mean, Giannis is he's a freak, man. That's why they call him yeah. that. Uh, yeah, all right. Is. Lots more voicemails to get to. We will do that in just a minute. But first, Bet Online wants to wish y'all out there in Locked On Nation a happy new betting year as we continue to march towards these NFL playoffs and beyond. Wild card weekend, big day. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports bets, wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and they've got a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. Football, basketball, hockey, if that's your thing. Shout out to Alex Debrinkit making the all-star team for the Blackhawks. Boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Don't forget that promo code locked on at sign up for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Rolling on with our voicemails on deck. We've got a caller from the 602. Great podcast, guys. Uh, I had a quick question that I was hoping you could provide some clarity to those of us who don't get to the United Center. Last night at the end of the Magic game, there was a hard foul by Hampton on DeRozan. The refs went to the replay screen and ended up assessing a flagrant foul. I couldn't help but notice that Stacey King is almost immediately next to the screen that the refs were using to review the foul. I haven't been to the UC since the NBA adopted video replay, but Stacey couldn't have been more than a few feet from the refs. And Stacey was doing a great job of illustrating why the call should be a flagrant foul, but it struck me as odd that he almost kept on restating the rule and explaining what Hampton did that should make it a flagrant Um, He was doing it to the point where I was wondering if it was intentional as a way to advocate for the the call uh, with the refs who look to be definitely within earshot. Um, What I wanted to know from you guys is if, in fact, Stacey is close enough uh, where the refs could hear what he's saying during these replays. And if so, have you ever heard Stacey say that he knows the refs can hear him during these stoppages? Uh, I believe the headphones (laughs) that the refs wear are just linked to the video replay officials so they can coordinate what they see on the screen, and they're not designed to prevent outside noise, which is unique to the NBA. Uh, All the other major sports have either isolation areas or send the review to another location, Um, but the NBA is right there on the court, so even if Stacey isn't directly looking or speaking to the refs, they definitely seem to be close enough to where they could hear his repeated explanations of the situation. And then, I guess as a small follow-up, if the refs are able to hear Stacey, uh, do you believe the Bulls intentionally put Stacey that close to the screen mm. as a way to indirectly advocate for the, uh, oh, you know, during the replays? Wow. He obviously has a lot of respect within the basketball community, and with instances oh, last night, he was absolutely correct with his analysis of the foul. And could be a complete tinfoil hat theory, and maybe all TV crews around the NBA are in that exact location. But that flagrant call last night really helped put the game away. With DeRozan being uncharacteristically bad at the line last night, the Magic might have had a shot to tie that game at the end if it wasn't for the flagrant call. Anyways, guys, thanks for making my commutes easier, and go Bolts. 
Thanks for checking oh. in. Wow. Um, oh, man. Talk about topics that have never been presented to our voicemail <laughs> inbox before. <laughs> Big Dave, I love this. Uh, do I think that there's a little bit of tinfoil hat going on here with this caller? Yeah, I do. However, he brought this up about the Bulls Magic game from back last week. It mm. happened again. And, and Adam and Stacy were joking about it on the broadcast. It was during the Pistons game, right? When they went mm-hmm. to review a play and they figured out on the review that the bulls were fouled before a shot clock violation. And that's what Stacy was talking about. And the refs were right there at the camera reviewing the play. And then Stacy had this great line about how he's a double agent. It's crazy <laughs> that we got this call from this caller before that happened. So look, I, I think Stacy has a good time with maybe trying to bend refs ear, but I think it's not anything other than for the sake of his own entertainment and our entertainment. Yeah, well, Matt's right. Clearly, you watched a lot of First 48 and Law and & Order, and <laughs> I think that's pretty evident. And I honestly would like to sit down and talk to you because I, I just like the way you broke that whole thing down. I would love to hear your theories on a lot of things. But here's the main point of what I'm saying. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? No, we don't bring this up. Who are you rooting for? We don't talk about this. No, we keep this under wraps right here, man. We don't put this out there into the airwaves. I, I don't know what you're talking about. That's what you're going to get out of me. I don't know what you're talking about, all right? Stacey King is innocent of all things that he's going <laughs> on right here. He has done absolutely nothing wrong. He is a pillar. He is a man of wonderful human within the community. Now, also, I'll say to your point that I don't even think the refs can really hear him. Now, the refs have those huge headsets on. The entire time they're looking, you know, into the camera and trying to, you know, review the call. I don't think they can hear anything he's saying. You know, I don't think they're paying any kind of attention. And if they can, well, you know, that's on Dr. Dre and the Beats headphones that they're using. Those are supposed to be noise-canceling headphones. So I don't think they can really hear what Stacey King is saying. But no, man, we don't call out Stacey for this. No, we keep that hush-hush, baby. You know, we don't snitch like that. We got to keep that low-key, man. You got to keep that low-key. You got to keep that on the low, my friend. I, I, I love where your head's at. You're right. That That is a very thorough breakdown of a potential conspiracy theory going on. <laughs> and, hey, if, if we continue to get kind of these situations that we see unfold as we're watching the game and watching these broadcasts, maybe Stacy is a double agent, but we don't need to go advertising that, right? So, at everybody... All. Let's all agree, if you're out there listening to this episode and you heard this theory, keep it to yourselves. Keep it to Sales. yourselves. I saw nothing. I, I ain't I hear nothing. I don't know what nothing. you're talking about. Don't know what Damn. you're talking about. <laughs> Thanks for the call, though. That was a fun one. All right, let's keep things rolling. Up next, we got Charles calling in from Crystal Lake. Hey, what's up, Matt and Big Dave? Uh, this is Charles in Crystal Lake. I... Um, wanted to run a scenario by you guys. I'm not sure if you talked about this, but um, given the Bulls' success this season and their kind of win-now uh, window that they're facing, how do you feel about a trade of Patrick Williams and uh, Derek Jones Jr. for Jeremy Grant from the Pistons? Uh, the reason I throw uh... in Derek Jones Jr. is because I believe you'd need to have him in there for the salaries to match. Um, I know it's a, a tough pill to swallow to hear that as Bulls fans, but um, <laughs> Jeremy Grant seems to be the best power forward option on the market. And given the team's window, it, it just seems like uh, the best option that would be available. So I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts. Big fan. Uh, go Bulls. 
Thanks for calling in, Charles. All right, Big Dave. I knew that we couldn't get through a whole voicemail episode without a question like this. Um, and, and and before we dive into this, let's add some context. We're recording this uh, Thursday evening. We got the update about the Derek Jones Jr. injury from the, the Nets game Wednesday night. Original yeah. report from Sham Sharanya was believed to be a four to six week injury with a bone bruise in his knee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the Bulls issued their own update on Derek Jones Jr. and said two to four weeks a couple hours after mm-hmm. that initial report. So good news there, especially if you saw that injury where he landed awkwardly, non-contact injury. Definitely best case scenario that it only appears oh to be goodness. just a bone bruise and only that bad. Yeah. Now, if you look at that two to four week timeline, four weeks from right now is February 10th, the NBA's trade deadline. Does Derek Jones Jr.'s status coming back from this injury at all affect his tradeability? Because Charles is right. You would probably have to throw Jones Jr. into a trade like that for the sake yeah. of matching contracts. Mm-hmm. The other interesting thing, and then I'll, and then I'll toss it to you, is that sure. he, he presents this, Patrick Williams, Derek Jones Jr., for Jeremy Grant. That's a pretty common trade proposal that's floating around NBA Twitter right now. Casey Johnson, in his update about Jones's injury on Thursday afternoon, had a paragraph about Jeremy Grant and the Bulls. And there are some talks, at least around league circles, that there's maybe some mutual interest there. And he named P-Dub Jones and, here's the kicker, the Portland lottery-protected pick as the package that Detroit would be looking for from the Bulls to give up Jeremy Grant. Mm Mm-hmm. There's all the context. What do you think about it? Oh, uh, well, thank you for Charles for calling in and listening to the show. But if you've been a listener of the show, you already know how I feel about Patrick Williams and trading Patrick Williams. It's not going to happen. They're not going to let him go. He's going to be here. And and if they do, it won't be for Jeremy Grant. I can promise you that. Um, as much as uh, good as Jeremy Grant is, does he move the needle like going up against Giannis or something like that? No. Um, does he move that going against Kevin Durant? No. And also, I think, and it's just my opinion, that Patrick Williams might be back sooner than we think. So that's the other reason I don't think he'll be within those trade talks. Plus, he's their first pick ever, and they still haven't seen his full potential yet. So they're going to wait to see that. Because imagine you trade that dude away, all right? For Jeremy Grant, and he turns into what Matt and I think he is, and and oh my goodness, <laughs> like you're gonna be furious and frustrated. So no, absolutely not. They won't be trading uh Patrick Williams. There, everybody else, Matt, I think is fair game. Outside, I'm talking about off the bench. I mean, um, outside of uh Caruso and outside of Io, I think everybody else is pretty much fair game. So guys like Derek Jones Jr., Tony Bradley, you know those guys, you'd be throwing in trades trying to make this move to see who you could get. Um, Jeremy Grant is definitely a hot commodity that they want out there. Teams have to match those salaries because I believe he got a fat salary to uh, play in Detroit. 20 mil a year, if I'm not mistaken, to get that deal. And he can play. Jeremy Grant is nice, but it ain't going to be for Patrick Williams. It just not is not going to happen. Derrick Jones Jr. and some other things, maybe we'll see. But I think other teams will be able to put together better packages of players uh, to give to Detroit. Unless Detroit, Matt, is looking to rebuild, you know, through draft capital, you know, and things like that. So whatever, just Detroit's feeling, you know, of how they're trying to rebuild their team, 
we'll, we'll see what it is, man. But it will not include Patrick Williams. Say it with me. It will not include Patrick Williams. I, I don't mean to scare you here, Big Dave, but that same report from Casey with the update on Derek Jones Jr. talking about Jeremy Grant, Patrick Williams, Derek Jones Jr. and the Portland pick also had a note that from what he is hearing from other executives around the league vibing with mm-hmm. any phone calls that he may have had, they may have had with Arturis mm-hmm. is that Arturis and Billy Donovan are both pretty high on Kobe white and that Kobe white might in fact be not quote unquote untradeable, but not mm-hmm. a piece that the bulls are looking to ship off right now. And you and I have talked about that recent episodes in this recent stretch of games where Kobe white is really finding his groove and coming into his own and giving the bulls a lot of what they needed bench production, you know, a a third guy along with Zach and DeMar to, to knock down shots, to distribute and play make a little bit. So that was an interesting little wrinkle to me that I thought if anything, they would be more protective of Patrick Williams, their own draft pick than Mm -hmm. Kobe white, a player they inherited from the old regime. Mm. All that being said, I, I think I'm with you in that. I, I don't necessarily, it, it's not about, do you want to surrender Patrick? Do you want to surrender Kobe? It's, is Jeremy Grant the right fit? And I'm not entirely convinced that he is, especially when you're talking about what you need at that power forward spot. We were joking with our pal Hayes about this, this Bulls team being cursed at the power forward position. <laughs> and yeah, Jeremy Grant can play a lot of four, but do, does he give you the, the right kind of minutes at the four and the, the right qualities at the four that the Bulls are really lacking right now. And I'm mm. not quite sure that it is. And also, not to put a damper on this whole Jeremy Grant love and obsession that Bulls fans are, are, are having right now, look at his defensive metric stats. They're not great. Mm. Like, people, people like to think of Jeremy Grant as this excellent two-way player. He's not. Like his defensive really? numbers are bad. Um, wow. and, and, you know, maybe you attribute some of that to just, like, he's playing on a bad Pistons team and, That could be an element of it, but I don't think that he is the exact right piece that you go out and get to fix your problems and in doing so surrender Patrick Williams and Derek Jones Jr. and a pick. Because look, if DJJ's injury isn't that bad and you're talking Mm -hmm. about getting him back even before the All-Star break and -hmm. we're still talking about maybe P-Dub coming back before the season's over, Mm -hmm. do you really need to make that move? That's That's what I keep thinking. Yeah, again, at the end of the day, we're going to trust whatever AK and Mark Eversley want to do. Now, if they see that what Matt just said, like Patrick Williams, uh, Derrick Jones Jr. and the rest of the team getting healthier and they they have a better grasp, because obviously they have a better grasp on their health than we do. So if they feel like those guys will be back in time for the playoffs, then they won't, you know, you probably won't see that big trade coming up or anything like that. Uh, Like we said, we might lean more towards a buyout uh player that they might need to pick up on you know that way uh but if they do make that trade that lets you know exactly where patrick williams is you know what i'm saying it i promise you that's exactly what it does it, it tells you exactly where it is and what the bulls are really really trying to do uh right now but man matt it's it's how can i say it because it, it's it's a good position kind of kind of to be in because you're like, man, all these teams want to know what the Bulls are going to do. What are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? What Do you want to make this move? Do you not want to make this move? You guys are going to do this buyout? Are you going to get rid of Patrick Williams? Are you going to get rid of Kobe? Are you going to go? You know, everybody is making these calls to your phone. 
And it's like they're just taking messages, you know, <laughs> just taking yeah. their time, listening to voice messages. It's like, we'll get back to you, you know, when we're ready. So if they're not rushing in a panic to do anything, I'm not rushing in a panic to do anything, man. But yeah, it's a good position for them to be in, though. Appreciate the call. Thanks for checking in. Uh, yes. I'm sure this won't be the last time we address a Jeremy Grant <laughs> trade. <laughs> It'll come up again. I know it is. I know yeah. It is. Uh, all right. We've got a few more voicemails we're going to try and get to. Before that, Big Dave, tell the people about the delicious built Bars. Oh, while you're sitting there in your trade machines and you're trying to figure out who, who, who can I trade to get Jeremy Grant? Who can I trade to get Harrison Barnes? Do I give up Patrick Williams? Do I give up Kobe White? And you've been there so long. Hours have passed. And you say, oh, man, I haven't eaten yet. But, oh, man, everything's closed, man. Oh, I need something nourishing, but I need something delicious, and I need something healthy. What can I do? Well, I'll tell you what you do. You get yourself a Built Bar because Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. That will give you all the energy so you continue to clickety-clack on that trade machine and try to get you a five-team trade going on so the Bulls can get somebody dope. And also, guess what? They got so many flavors for you. Peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, coconut almond, and they got those flavors of the month. Matthew Peck, can you let them know what one of them are, please? Brand new one on the site today, Big Dave, white chocolate raspberry cheesecake. Yes, you can't see me, but I'm doing the show to bounce because that just excited me. Oh, so head on over to built.com. Use that promo code locked 15. Get yourself 15% off of that order and get that delicious bar that Matt just mentioned. That is locked 15, 15% off your order at built.com. Built bar. Get you some so you get back to your trade machines. All right, moving along with our voicemails on deck. We got Ryan checking in from Downers Grove. What's up, Lockdown? This is Ryan over here in Downers Grove. Just wanted to give you guys a call. Been meaning to do this for a while. Um, loved your show. I've been listening since before the season started. One of my favorite things to do is to listen to the whole show and, and comment on it like I'm sitting next to you guys in the lab. Um <laughs> So let's get right into it. Um, start off, I think Tyler Cook should be taking Bradley's minutes. I mean, mm. the flow down here, I mean, what I'm trying to say here is his athleticism is feverish, and he has that size that we don't have in Derrick Jones Jr. So if we could get him in there a little bit more, that'd be great. Um, another thing I've noticed is Troy Brown Jr. is a, a spectacular filler. Um he doesn't offer much, but when he gets in there, who he's replacing, you see little snippets of it. He gets in there for Lonzo, he's making dimes. He gets in there for Zach, he's pulling up threes. Not necessarily pulling up, but catch-and-shoot threes. I mean, if he's DeMar, you see him attempt mid-ranges, he's not really making them, and he's getting to the basket trying to get fouled. He doesn't really get his foul calls. He's a, he's a role player, but it's better than what we've seen. I feel like he plays up and down to his level. Um, it's if this was the Bulls team last year, I don't think we'd be speaking as highly of these guys, but he fits in great, and Billy uses him great. Um, I couldn't agree more about the 1A and the 1AA between Zach and DeMar. just wanted to comment on that real quick. Um, it's hilarious because I think of them as Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker, and mm. I guess that makes LeBron Darth Vader uh, up there manipulating things. I mean, it's just hilarious. Um, and... 
Yeah, my peers got to chill out about Vooch. I mean, I feel like he is exactly what we need. People don't realize that the stars have aligned for this man. He's playing for his favorite team. For a player to come in after two All-Stars in his prime, to just drop his ego like that and to adapt to everything we've asked him to adapt to, we really have a special player in Vucevic. We have a special team this year. Uh, Thanks for letting me call. You guys have a good one. Peace out. Yes, Thanks for checking in, Ryan. Uh, a lot to unpack there, Dave. But but let's mm-hmm. start with his first thought that I think is pretty interesting about Tyler Cook and maybe mm-hmm. Tyler Cook getting some minutes ahead of Tony Bradley. Look, a- as we sit here recording Thursday night right now, Bradley's been playing some spot, you know, backup center minutes. Um, Tyler Cook is still on the shelf nursing an ankle injury. But before that ankle injury, when Tyler Cook was getting minutes because Billy Donovan needed bodies out there, I, I liked what I saw from Tyler Cook. In small yeah. sample sizes, he provides so, some rim running and you know some finishing at the rim and, and also a, a quality defender from what I can tell thus far. When Tyler Cook comes back and is available, do you mm-hmm. see it as a feasible outcome that Billy Donovan shades away from Tony Bradley and gives more minutes to Tyler Cook? Because we keep talking about this Bulls team's lack of size and like, yeah, Tony Bradley had an awesome block in that first half of the Nets game on Wednesday, but mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it, he's you don't see a whole lot of Tony Bradley's impact when he's out there getting the minutes mm. that he's gotten. What do you think about that? Mm. Well, first, man, I got to deal with deal with the quick issue here because I know my nephew and I know uh, our guy Kevin Anderson uh, are going crazy right now listening to this show. When you said that that Zach and uh, Demar are like Obi Wan. And Anakin and LeBron is like uh, Darth Vader. Anakin is Darth Vader, so you can't have that right. combination right there. So it's the same guy, uh, the same guy, <laughs> it's the same guy, man. You can't. I know what you were saying. Trust me, but LeBron will be more like the Emperor. You know what I'm saying? Like he, the guy, you know, trying who who got into uh, Anakin and everything like that and changed him into Darth Vader. Let so that's what that flows yes. through you. <laughs> Good, you know. But I understand. This that's it's not your fault. But I just know. Kevin had to say, I know my nephew would not let that stand. They love uh, Star Wars. So just telling you that. Uh, Tyler Cook, yeah, he looked great, Matt, honestly. Well, great and strong. He looked really good, you know, when he was out there. Um, I told you, I think I said this to you uh, in our text, he kind of was feeling like the Daniel Gafford role. And by that, I meant he's a guy that was just getting rebounds, blocking shots, running the floor, and dunking the basketball. That's really what he was doing. Uh, he's a little shorter uh, than Daniel Gafford, but that's kind of the role that he was filling. And Tony Bradley, he wasn't – Tony Bradley's not that. That's that's what you want from Tony Bradley. <laughs> that's what you want him yeah. to do. But that's not, really not how he wrote. Tony Bradley is a better, like, block shot blocker. Um, and, pro- and he runs – I like the way he runs the floor. I like the way he gets up and down the floor. But when he gets there, it's not like he really wants the ball, <laughs> if that makes any sense. You know, when he gets down there in the paint, it's not like they have confidence in giving him the basketball either uh, or anything like that. So, yeah, I, I can see that. I don't think that's an insane idea, you know what I'm saying, to, to bottom line it for you. I don't think that's crazy because, uh, yeah, seeing what we saw from Tyler Cook and seeing what we've seen from uh, Tony Bradley – yeah, I don't. I don't think it's crazy, but you're gonna again. I'm gonna say it again. I think you're gonna need Tony Bradley, unless they trade him or something like that. You're gonna need all the size you can get, especially if you're gonna go go up against guys like uh, uh, Brooklyn. That's the reason he played, and teams like uh, uh, Milwaukee. 
Yeah, it is interesting. Though. You know, we've been so concerned and preoccupied about when we're getting Javante Green and Alex Caruso back that you kind of forgot about Tyler Cook and the fact You're that right. he had right. a few, you know, a stretch of some some games where he had some real quality minutes and was a difference maker when the Bulls were shorthanded. Um, yeah. and, and the other the other point uh, that uh, that Ryan made about Troy Brown Jr. Obviously, you and I sung his praises after the blowout win against the Pistons. Uh, you know. Troy Brown Jr. will have some on nights and some off nights, but the fact that he is there and available, like a lot of these role players that Billy Donovan has looked to throughout this season when the Bulls have been dealing with injuries and COVID protocols, it's nice to have those options. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Troy Brown Jr. once Javante and Caruso are both back and available. Thanks again for the call, Ryan. Moving on, we got a couple of voicemails here we're going to wrap up with Dave and, and let's uh, do, a, you know, essentially back to back because there are some similar sentiments in here. And I was so glad to see both of these in our inbox because I feel like it is the voice of reason that Bulls fans need to hear right now. First mm. is Jim in Bolingbrook. Hey, dude, Jim in Bolingbrook just calling to uh, make just some comments on the Bulls Nets game from last night. Um, obviously, if you go on uh, any social media website, the whole fan base is freaking out and they feel like it's the end of the world. And I'm just thinking, dude, anytime Kyrie and Durant and Harden have all played at the same time, you think it's like 16 games, something like that, the last couple of years, they're literally the greatest offense of all time, like in terms of efficiency. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, it's okay. You know, we weren't. Bulls weren't even at full strength last night, you know. I mean, they mostly were, but the defense is really, really lagging without Caruso and Pat and even DJJ going out last night, too. But, like, I don't know. It's just like, dude, on paper, the Nets are the best team in the NBA. It's like, of course they're going to lose a game. What are, what are the Bulls going to do, go fucking 72-10? and 10? Were they supposed to just keep winning on that winning streak? No. It's basketball. It'll be fine. They're a great team. They're fun to watch. It's the best fucking team we've had in 10 years. So it's just like, dude, be happy. Enjoy it. But also, just realistically, I was just thinking, who on the buyout market could could they bring in to kind of shore up the interior defense and maybe even a little bit of the wing defense, too, like, you know, or the perimeter. I don't know why I said wing defense, but what, what can we do to uh, tighten up the uh, defense, like, all around, you know? and maybe run up to a top five defense at the end of the year. I don't know if that's even possible, but, like, you know, you hear people saying, oh, Miles Turner this or Jeremy Grant that. I don't think any of those are realistic, but, like, you know, I'm just thinking buyout market. Is there even a chance that Thad Young could come back? I don't know if there is, but, yeah, I'm just curious what your guys' thoughts are on, like, you know, kind of like an easier transaction to be made before the end of the year to kind of, Get ready for the playoffs. So, yeah, that's that. Long-time listener. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Thanks, Jim. Um, yes. Yes, a hundred times yes. Thank you. Bulls fans out there, listen to Jim. It's fine. Yeah. You're going to lose a yeah. game here or there. You're going to lose a game to Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving every now and then. It's going to happen. You're going to have a bad night. You're going to have nights where your opponents shoot 55% from behind the three-point line. Ooh. It'll happen. Calm down. Um, And and also, again, listen to Jim. I think buyout market is a lot more likely than either of these moves, like for Turner or for Grant, that Bulls fans are talking about. As his thoughts on Thad, 
Uh, just a, a quick, uh, you know, little housekeeping note there. The Bulls, because they traded Thad to San Antonio in the sign trade for DeMar, Thad would have to get traded to a different team and then bought out for him to be able to then rejoin the Bulls. So that's that's what's going on there. I, I'm not sure if Thad is going to get traded if San Antonio is looking. You know, they're clearly going younger. He's not getting a lot of minutes there. Seems like Thad's not super happy in San Antonio. So <laughs> yeah. he is probably talking to the Spurs front office about a, uh, a potential move. But there would have to be a move and then another move in order for the Bulls to, to ring up their old pal Thad. But Big Dave, I mean, all, all in all, great voicemail from Jim here. Spectacular voicemail from Jim. Um, I love the 72 and 10 part. That was hilarious. Um, but you're right. Like, I know Bulls fans, it's new, I guess, for them to, to have these feelings. You know, uh, maybe a lot of them, Matt, didn't really, you know, grow up in that D-Rose era. Maybe they caught the back end of things. You know what I'm saying? And and they saw that more so. And they just feel that. And they understand being lied to. And they understand, you know, just losing. And they understand dysfunction. And, and things like that. And they understand uh, they understand their front office not making the moves that they know that they're supposed to make. You know what I'm saying? To make your mm-hmm. team better. Um, AK and Eversley have not shown you any of that. Every move that they've needed and some more <laughs> they have done. So, yeah, their trust should lie in them as far as that's concerned. Uh, as far as the winning and the losing, guys, it's, it's the NBA. I mean, 55% for the three-point line. My goodness, Patty Mills hit six to eight, you know what I'm saying, from from the three. Like, did you see him in the third quarter? 42 to eight in a run from the third to the fourth is not common. (laughs) It's not a normal thing in the NBA. So you you took a whooping from a great basketball team. that And that's what it is. And maybe because it was on national TV and Bulls fans, you know, haven't been there. We haven't been there in so, so long that that they kind of just feel this way. And that's understandable, but guys, y'all understand what the number one team in the East, you know, the Bulls are, are in position to do something really special this year. And that's not going to come without bumps and bruises and L's along the way. That's just how it is. So yeah, you got to take the L, not freak out about it and just go to the next game, you know, and, and try to win that one and then go to the next one and try to win that one. That's how it works in the NBA here. But yeah, it sucks. It stinks. And I hope they sit with it and bring it to the next game and exercise those demons out there on the basketball court. Well said. All right. Bringing us into the weekend, our final voicemail of the day. Who else? It's our pal, Jay Ball <laughs> from Gary, Indiana. Matt, Big Dave, it's your boy Jamal back again. First off, shout out to y'all for having my boy Hayes on the podcast and going over there. Ah, that was the crossover. I knew I needed it, and I was just wondering when it was going to happen, and it happened. Thank you, guys, for that. Woo, that was a good podcast. Y'all had me dying laughing on both shows. <laughs> that being said, I am in 100% agreement with all three of you guys in regards to two Bulls fans. Please, for the love of God, Allah, and Bulls, Hell, throw in the Greek papyons in that as well. Stop freaking worrying. Guys, seriously, let me throw out some numbers for you real quick. I just want to remind everyone of last year. You know what our record was when we lost our 12 game last year? We were 8 and 12. We were under 500. You know what our record was when we lost, uh, when we played our 39th game last year? We were 18 and 21. Still under 500. We are 15 games above 500, okay? We took an L to a really good uh, 
net feel. You know what? And everything. It happens. Okay, the Nets wanted it and everything. And, in fact, that should make us feel good. I mean, Danny, I was shitty that we got blown out by them. Don't get me wrong. I was super angry. But that should make us feel good because they came in and said, we want this game against that team. Mm-hmm. Last year, they would have said, oh, this is easy game for us. We good. Yep. They would have went out to Chicago and everything and, and probably got lit and then came and played the game and still blowing us out by 40 last year. This year, they actually put in work and said, no, we're going to get nice and we're going to win this game tomorrow because we want to beat the Bulls. That's improvement. Let's not make get into our emotional feelings because we lost to a really good team, a really good title-contending team. And, yeah, they ain't better stuff. We got blown out. I don't fun on that. But let's not make a, a, a rash decision. That AK and them work. They know what they're doing. They see it. They see it. And stop with the immediate trades of everybody. Oh, we need to trade Bucci now. We need to trade this person now. Bro, ain't nobody leaving major. Or, or if they do, we'll see what happens. But guess what? I don't think they're trading Bucci people. So I suggest I get used to him being there and just accept the fact that his boss and his father is. But God, seriously, stop complaining. It is what it is. We took the L. They're going to have to learn from it and, and grow and be better. That's it. That's it. As always, see where go Bulls. I'm out. <laughs> Big Dave, I seriously think I'm developing a massive crush on Jamal. Um, God, it's good to hear from you as always, buddy. Uh, thanks for calling in. I, I mean, the way that he put that in perspective, when the Bulls lost their 12th game last season, they only had eight wins. We got 27. When the Bulls played their 39th game last season, they were three games under 500. We are 15 games over 500 at 27 and 12. That is an 18 win improvement on where we were last season. And we're only halfway through the season. Mm. It feels good, Matt. Like, honestly, it feels good to be able to turn a game on, win a loss, and know that I'm going to be excited to watch the next one. (laughs) You hear what I said? Win or loss. What happens in the game I'm watching, no matter how they win or how they lose, I am excited to go in and watch the next game. I can't say that about these past four years at all. Mm-hmm. There was not an excitement for like that. If there was, it was because John Morant was about to play or Luca was about to play or, you know, or Clay Tom or something great was about to happen for another team. Right. That's why I was getting my excitement from. But it wasn't to watch this full team, maybe Zach or something like that. You know what I mean? But it wasn't to watch the whole team and just watch what they were doing. No, because they were putrid. And guys, it's like you forgot you forgot how stink smells. I remember. <laughs> I ain't forgot that smell, man. It's embedded in my brain, which is why I'm just enjoying the season right now. You got to take it game by game, man. Like Jamal said, you guys got to chill. You got to relax. I really can't put it any better. Then, then how he put it, Matt, like, because he said everything that we continue to say and that we keep saying and we keep trying to get across the Bulls fans, man. We don't mind you guys being upset, being emotional, all right. of that. It's part of being a fan. We get that. You know what I'm saying? We understand that. But then when you let that emotion carry you to stuff like, oh, you know what? This just means the Bulls suck and they need to trade everybody. That's what we're like. Okay, just relax for a second. Well, you get, get Zach Levine out of here. You know, you, I mean, <laughs> what you going to do with that guy? I don't know about him. You know, he's got to go. That's when we're like, come on, pump the brakes a little bit and relax. Just let them team, let them figure it out. They'll figure it out. I promise you, man. And 
it's been a magical, wonderful season so far, man. 15 games over 500, man. Who could have imagined? Not me. Yeah. And look, let me just say this. People who are calling in and texting in and people on Twitter who want to talk about trade deadline stuff. And, you know, now is the time. We're, We're less than a month away from the NBA trade deadline. We got a good Bulls team that could be a great Bulls team. It is completely 100% understandable and rational and normal and okay for Bulls fans to be thinking right now, what could we do to go from being a good team that's had some good wins and, you know, we're top of the East right now. Will we finish at the top of the East? But more importantly, can we win best of seven series upon best of seven series and hoist the Larry O'Brien next, you know, this coming summer? That's what's on every Bulls fan's mind, and that's that's what should be on every Bulls fan's mind because we haven't been in so long. Even getting close has been a decade. So, yes, you are all completely valid in those concerns, but I think what, what Dave tries to say, what I try to say to y'all, and, and what our, our friend Jamal here just said to y'all, don't let that rob you of enjoying the moment. Don't let that rob you of the fact that we are right now sitting atop the Eastern Conference, 18 wins above our pace from last season. Oh, my goodness. How often do those kind of last season to this season changes happen? They are rare. You know why everybody freaked out about the Phoenix Suns last season? It's because shit like that doesn't happen every day. <laughs> it's rare. And the Bulls now are having a Suns-esque season. Enjoy it. Have fun with your trade machine, right? Go nuts, but don't let it rob you of the enjoyment of what we're all experiencing right now. Because like Dave said, it, it was not that long ago that we were all sitting there on a night saying, do I even want to watch the Bulls? Because really, <laughs> if I ask myself and I answer honestly, no, I don't because they suck. We don't suck anymore. No, no. Enjoy it. Enjoy don't let it. the stress of trying to figure out how to perfect what we have right now, get in the way of enjoying what we have right now. Yeah, honestly. And and the thing, and one more thing, Matt, about the Phoenix comparison, and, and I understand because it's definitely, you know, a lot of similarities and things, but here's the main thing. Phoenix went to the bubble. The Bulls weren't in the bubble, okay? The Bulls Delete weren't even eight. good enough. <laughs> Delete eight, yes. We Deleted. were hoping for that, yes. <laughs> we were hoping for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, they couldn't even make it to the bubble, all right? That means you're not good at all, all right? Phoenix was there in the bubble, and they showed out in the bubble, and they showcased in the bubble. And then that's that's the reason Chris Paul saw that. And he was like, oh, you know what? I kind of want to come there. And then, you know, the rest is history. And you see how good they are. The Bulls weren't even that good <laughs> to get out there to the bubble. So the fact they're what doing what they are now compared to what they are did is amazing. And a reason you guys have should really be enjoying this season. We've been yelling about this. I know you have, Bulls fans. You've been wanting something like this. Well, it's here. You know, don't don't sit there and look behind and say, well, how come we can't get into that door right there? You know what? There's an episode of Frasier, okay? Frasier is ridiculous, and I love him. He's one of the top three sitcoms of all time. There's an episode where he goes to a spa. He gets into this exclusive spa with his brother, and then he finds out that there's a gold door, and he doesn't have access to that gold door. So he's driving, oh, well, I got to get into the gold door. I got to get in there. I got to do everything again. They get into the gold door. It's awesome. 
Then he finds out there's a platinum door. <laughs> he goes crazy. He's like, no, I got to get it. I got to get the platinum door. He gets into there. And then he sees like this special colored door, man. And they're like, oh, I don't know what this door, but we they told us we can't go in there. So we're going through it. They go into this door and they go through it. It leads them outside to the trash. <laughs> and that's where that door took them. All right. There you go. Enjoy what you got because we've been waiting for it for a long time, guys. Just enjoy it. Like Matt said, enjoy it. Whether it's Frazier and, and the gold platinum doors or, you know, Peter Griffin turning down the, the free speedboat because of the mystery box. And the mystery <laughs> yes, box yes. is just two tickets to a crappy comedy club. Yes. Oh, boats, boats, but the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. <laughs> even be a boat. Yeah. Classic episode. Oh, man. I remember that well. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So thank you, Jamal. Thank you to Jim for talking some sense to the Bulls fans everywhere out there. Enjoy it. Enjoy this game's uh, slate that we got this weekend. We got Warriors. We got Celtics and other back-to-back. Big Dave and I will be back on Monday to break those games down for you. In the meantime, you can hit us up on this year's text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. And always follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. He is at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. Bow. We are at Locked On Bulls. For Big Dave, I'm Matt. Thanks, as always, for listening, for texting, for calling in Bulls Nation. We love you. Have a great weekend. See Red be good. Peace out. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.